What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. We're continuing Creature Feature Summer with Tremors. Tremors. 1990. Yeah, that weird spot in horror movies. This is when uh, the genre kind of just starts to explore a bunch of different yeah, other genres, I feel. Freeform jazz exploration. <laughs> Yeah, because Tremors is a Western comedy, sci-fi kind of horror. Yeah, I didn't realize how many genres it kind of feels like. Like buddy film also. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. It's weird how similar in some ways it was to last week. Um, Just desert horror. With them, yeah. Yeah, mm. to, yeah, we did the movie Them last week. Um, how do how do you feel about this movie? I like this movie. Yeah. I like it a lot more than I expected to. This was my second time watching it. I watched it previously for a Patreon review, mm-hmm. and I remember when I watched it that first time. I mean, I had always heard of Tremors, but it uh, I didn't expect to like it just from the time it was made and just kind of what it seemed like to me. But watching it, and you know, the first like I'd say ten minutes has me skeptical. And I'm like, Ugh, what is this going to be? But I think the rest of the movie really pulls it together. I really like the the cast and the setting, the town of perfection. Uh, what state is it? Oh, hi, Lucy. It's I think Nevada. they're in Nevada, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that the 14, population of 14 town. Like, I love that. And there's what, 14 characters? Uh, 15, because we have the grad student. That's right, yeah. But, She's not counted on the... They didn't cross out the... <laughs> and right in five yet but yeah it's a very small town you get to know everyone at least a little bit the the effects are great they're by amalgamated dynamics inc adi that's tom woodruff's company who did all the alien effects from alien 3 onward and tom woodruff plays the alien in like the avp movies so the graboid the monster i think looks great you the effects in this are amazing yes yeah what about you? Um, sorry, there is like a fruit fly buzzing around my side of the table, and Lucy is having a ball with it. It's very get distracting. It, Lucy. It's yeah, what get we it. Pay this you is what we do. hired you for. Come on. Um, yeah, I I like this. It's not my favorite. I think mm-hmm. it's just it's a genre that is not. Like, it's never gonna be my favorite. I don't think. And what genre do you mean by that? Where it's horror but like borderline comedy action mm-hmm. you know yeah. is where it starts to lose me a little bit and it's also the side of horror that i'm the least familiar with like kind of action horror um i'm trying to think of other examples of that I mean, Aliens is pretty action horror. Aliens, I think, is... An, I mean, Aliens is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that blew me away when I saw it, and I didn't think... Because thinking of, you know, I'd only seen Alien for so long, mm-hmm. and the contrast between those two movies and kind of knowing what Aliens' reputation was, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like if it's just a more action-y, adventure type movie, because I just love the original so much, but yeah. I loved Aliens a lot. Yeah, same EP, Galan Heard. Yes, Galen uh, Hurt. Yeah, James Cameron's wife for, for just a, a few years. Bit. I mean, I yeah, I, that's my you know instinctively that's what I want to say. But like, I feel like that's a discredit to her. She co-wrote I know, the Terminator. I just, know, I just know the comments if we don't mention it. Sure, yeah, but yeah, she was EP on the Terminator, Aliens, uh, the Abyss, a lot of the James Cameron product. Mm-hmm. She was yeah, she was married to him for like four years, and then to Brian De Palma. Holy so, shit! Yeah, I guess she just likes. Uh, angry controlling guys i was gonna say (laughs) just aggro dudes who are really serious about their art (laughs) holy shit but i I mean she's a yeah legend i worked on a show that she ep'd in 2016 called hunters a sci-fi show shit yeah my last jobs before working for fox did you interact with her i never got to meet her i got to meet the uh one of the other eps natalie chides i think Mm -hmm. i was her like assistant kind of okay yeah she was cool Oh, damn. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I re- okay, Hunters, that's right. Yeah, it didn't get renewed for a second damn. season. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, this this area of, like, it's weird, like, kind of genre fusion. It's not 
my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I still, I like it. I'm not saying I dislike it, but it's never going to be like my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. So, but I, I did like the, the aesthetic is fun. Mm-hmm. I do like kind of American West small town stuff. I think because it's maybe my nightmare life. <laughs> yeah. And there's something about just getting to ex- like have a little taste of it. And then, you know, without actually experiencing it. It's like it. when we drove through, uh, what's it called? Oatman? Oatman, Arizona. Yeah. That's the thing is I love driving through places like this. And driving through the West where everyone lives really far apart. <laughs> but I, I don't know how people do it. Uh, yeah, so this movie, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Bacon is so fascinating. He has such a weird... <laughs> like, what is his... Like, when you think of Kevin Bacon, what do you... What I mean, kind for of me, role? it's Friday the 13th. But that's obviously okay, not so what most people footloose, think of. Footloose, I would say. Yeah, Footloose is of. probably for sure. I think of Footloose even though. Yeah. I think because Footloose, I just knew before friday the 13th mm-hmm. um yeah that's right because friday the 13th that's like his first role yeah. i was gonna say that's brand that's like straight out of the package Kevin Bacon. <laughs> he's such a weird he's a weird looking dude you think so i think i so. love his hair and his hair dude. is amazing it's he's amazing. not an unattractive guy he's one of those he's one of those people where i think he's maybe like all the features of his face put together are you wouldn't expect to be attractive but he is attractive he, His co-stars in Friday the Thirteenth thought he was. I, uh, dude, I believe it. Oh yeah, the interviews with the his like love interest in that movie was like, I was happy with yeah. my role. <laughs> he's got the he's got charisma. Charisma mm. is a big part of attractiveness. Oh, he's hilarious in this movie. He's to so me. funny. Him and Fred Ward are very funny. Yeah, they're great. And it, and that's the thing is the first ten minutes he has this spiel about like what he wants the grad student to look like. And yeah. that, like, really put me on guard for a minute. Dude, like, is I... this just going to be these two fucks bumbling around? Long blonde hair, big green eyes, world-class breasts, ass that won't quit, and legs that go all the way up. Yeah, the first 10 minutes of this is, yeah, we meet our two. They're handymen. I know this fruit fly is... There, there are more of them now. There's more of them. I don't know what... This is the problem with living in an apartment building is if there is a bug problem. Oh, I hope the microphone got that. Uh, <laughs> if there is a bug problem in your building and it's not just your apartment, you're fucked and can't really do anything about it. Yeah. And I think that we have a building problem with bugs because cool. I don't know what to do about it. Anyway, that's our own little horror movie that we're living in right now. It sucks. Uh, yeah, so it's these two handymen and I think we kind of get a glimpse of where they live and they live in a toilet. <laughs> I mean, they, they live on like couches and they use a toilet as a cooler for their beer is kind of the aesthetic. The, yeah, uh, their cocktail. Life. They're fine. They're, they're kind of this like fantasy that you know, I even will sometimes have of like, why don't I could, you know, just get a job, just doing, just do odd jobs and you don't need much to live and have a good time. Yeah. Can't put your beer in a toilet and <laughs> hang out in the desert. What else could you want? You know, that fantasy. So a little bit of wish fulfillment there, maybe. Uh, but they, they're kind of fed up with their little town of perfection, which I like that it's named perfection. That's so good. The idyllic West, American West. And they decide, no, we're going to move to Bixby. I'm assuming Bixby's a bigger city. Yeah, bigger as in probably like 3,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to drive an hour to the grocery store. The Yeah, the main street of this town is... The bi- street of the town? The, yeah, it's the one street. I think they built this whole set. Like, all the buildings on the street are... But then there was also like a town of Darwin, California that they shot in that is also like population 50. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly, yeah, I think how much was set, how much was town. I think at least the kind of main, like the grocery store is a set. Like oh. They built it. You think so? I believe so. Well, they do mess around with it all. They, like I mean, they ruined that building. Yeah. yeah, they ruined a lot of these buildings. So, so yeah, probably. The the set of the main street of this town, I the first thing I thought it was Spawn Ranch. <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> is what it looks like to me. <laughs> it looks like they live in Spawn Ranch, which, if you don't know, is where it's it was an old <laughs> film set in L.A., a old western set that uh, after westerns kind of went by the wayside, the uh, Manson family moved in and yeah. they lived there. Featured in Once Upon, Once Upon Time, Time in Hollywood. In yeah. Hollywood, yes. <laughs> Who the hell's that? That's not what's his name, the grad student. Ah, I graduated. Must be the new one. I guess there's always just a grad student 
That's always doing. Yeah, si- I mean seismology yeah. is the science that uh, she's doing. It's it's her, the character's name is Rhonda, played by Finn Carter. Oh yeah, Finn Carter. By the way, um, never a good sign if you Google an actor and the first photo that comes up is a mugshot. Oh no, <laughs> she apparently I think in like the two thousands, uh, stolen vehicle, stolen credit cards in Vegas. Oh Finn, sounds like a good time to me, but yeah. Oh shit, I know. Wow, no, dude, this is like a year ago, 2019. Oh, that was a year ago? I don't July know why 30th, I thought she it was, was arrested in, in Las Vegas and booked on one count of possessing a stolen vehicle, 14 counts of possessing a credit card without the cardholder's consent. Wow. Maybe she knew something we didn't about uh, COVID and was like, all right, I'm going to get in all my gambling. Damn. Before. Yeah, her filmography is pretty sparse, too. She was married to Steven Weber. Oh, a hot second. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, she's a grad student here uh, named Rhonda. And like I said, yeah, they're driving to meet her because she just started her uh, term there, I guess. And Kevin Bacon's like, please have legs go up to ever. Yeah. Well, she's like, have, and- yeah, Kevin Bacon's listing his, his list of recording. I, I also, the first 10 minutes was like, oh, am I going to hate this? I know. That's, I, that's the thing. Cause it's is- that like 80, it's that 80s, very specifically 80s style sexism where it's like we're being raunchy and it's fun and, and but like then the movie is like no kevin you're wrong for yeah, having it, that yeah, yeah, yeah and i mean it's not perfect because fred ward is also like he's telling kevin bacon you can't have this list of ideals to live up to but then in the same breath he's saying women be women shopping like, women <laughs> yeah be- like oh i broke a nail this chick's not like that so yeah, she's not like other girls there's a whole yeah she's not like she's not like oh, i broke a nail which by the way i've broken nails before it hurts <laughs> <laughs> so bad. If you've got acrylic nails, you can go to the hospital. Wow. If you break a nail because it's, you know, it's adhered to your your nails. So if it breaks, RIP your actual nail sometimes. It's no good. That sucks. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that conversation, they move on pretty quickly. I thought it would be like the the defining feature of these two dudes since yeah. it's like the first extended conversation we have with them. But it's not. Yeah. Thankfully. There's a couple times where I'm expecting it to go one way, re the women in this, and it, it veers the other it way, which I appreciate. Yeah. Like, there's a part where the grad student, they she's caught in some barbed wire, and she has to take off her pants to get out. And I'm like, God damn it! Right? Give, I'm like, please, I don't need this. But then, running no out. jokes are made. There's at her no expense. jokes made. Of, there's no like Kevin Bacon, like, hey, you take your pants, you know? Yeah. Like, Ooh, we got your pants off. There's no like leering. Another she, Miguel, the other guy in there, like, is like, she, she immediately gets some new pants. Immediately, very respectfully. It, yeah, given we're not fans. lingering <laughs> on that. Yeah. So okay, fine. Movie. <laughs> so you know th- there's and and the other thing i can think of is uh this is way later in the movie but i hate the the trope we've talked about this before i think when when we had betsy sadara on forever ago we were talking about this trope about how we hate when in a movie a teenage boy is given a gun before any adult woman yeah uh and i thought that that was gonna happen in this because at one point a teenage boy is given a gun (laughs) (laughs) and where the adult women are not offered any but it turns out it was empty you asshole there's no bullets in this gun got your moving didn't it and there are only two adult women in this movie and one of them is a gun there's three Uh, there's the the pottery mom oh yeah pottery mom she is a pottery. Do you know what I mean by pottery mom? I can tell immediately what you mean by looking at her. Yes. She's got overalls that should and be dangly earrings. Yeah, and you know her. She probably sells wind chimes. Homemade yes. wind chimes. She she loves smudging. She burns sage in okay, her home. Yeah. yeah. And listens so she, to Yanni. Do you think she's married to that Nestor? Nestor, guy? I think so. Okay, so is the family unit them? The little girl who is definitely Pottery Mom's daughter. Yeah. And then you think Melvin. Melvin. I think Melvin is also little their shit kid. Little shit-stained Melvin. Because otherwise, where's otherwise, Melvin coming from? Otherwise, who is Melvin? Because like we said. Who's the, his people? The town says population 14. We There are 14 people in this movie. So if Melvin is not their kid, who the fuck is Melvin? Oh, wait. You know what? I'm looking at this list. It's got last names on Wikipedia. Oh, I kind of hope Melvin's a drifter. Melvin Plug. I don't see any other plugs on this list, Really? Man. Yeah. Melvin just blew in from N- out of town? Now, Mindy, the little girl, does not have a last name listed. And uh, is Nancy Pottery Mom? Must be. No, Nancy is Reba. No. Reba. Reba McIntyre, by the way, is Heather. 
Oh. Heather Gummer. Really? In my yes. notes, I have her as Nancy. Okay, no. Pottery time. Mom is Nancy. Okay. And Nestor, neither of them have last names. And Mindy doesn't have a last name. But Melvin is Melvin Plug. Where the fuck you come from, Melvin? Melvin. He's like a fucking, I don't know, probably 14. 14 or 15. Yeah. Perfect like shit heel age. <laughs> um, maybe likes hair metal. Oh, yeah. Definitely at this point in time mm-hmm. for 1990. We're oh, kind yeah. of randomly into hair metal right now. Yeah, we're going through a phase. Yeah, we're, we're going through a phase <laughs> uh, a few decades late. But <laughs> we just watched the decline of Western civilization part two and... Um, which is an amazing movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Uh, <laughs> but I could see him. Like, he he's not, like, into it. Into Because it, I think in this small town, it would be, like, a weird thing. Well, he's be. not dressing up like Poison. No. But he's, he's getting the new makeup. GNR album. He, yeah, he's not wearing makeup or anything. But he, yeah, for sure. He likes, um, yeah, probably likes Ozzy. Thinks Ozzy's cool. Probably likes Van Halen. Yes. You know. I think he likes Wasp. <laughs> Maybe that might be a little too deep for him. Fuck like a beast. <laughs> Maybe that's a little too. He's intense. not into fucking thrash. He's not into Slayer okay. or Metallica. No, no, no. That's too or like yeah. It's too heavy for him, right? motorhead maybe not so much either. anyway we'll <laughs> so yeah shut up. we got that possible family unit unit and then yeah we mentioned Reba McIntyre. Yes, Reba. Like a huge country star. I love that she's not just playing a like a a personality list character. She's not just Reba. She's a gun nut. Yeah, she she is a uh, maybe ahead of her time kind of doomsday prepper. Because I don't think at this time doomsday prepper is like they must have been trickling in if they're characters. I mean, this is this is back when because I think up until maybe you know. A decade ago, even less. Uh, people like this and like conspiracy weirdos, they were kind of fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. They weren't like a thing we all had to worry about and it affected <laughs> our lives. They were just kind of weird little they pockets taking of over people. Oregon wildlife. Uh, yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they kind of had to work harder to find each other. You know, we don't have the internet making it easy for everyone to be a total conspiracy weirdo. You had to like put in some fucking elbow grease to do it. And that's who I, I think of these people as are just like really old school conspiracy people. Which... Yeah, because it's her and her husband, Bert, who is played by Michael Gross, who, holy shit, is the dad in Family Ties, which I watched the hell out which of. Which one's Family Ties? Family Ties is, that... is the hippie parents with, uh, with the cons- Michael with the J. Fox as the, uh, the cool conservative, conservative yeah. kid. Alex no, P. Keaton, fuck that kid's a cop. Fuck that kid. <laughs> I can't such a fucking narc. I love that show. Alex and Mallory and uh, other girl. Can't remember her. Yeah. I swear to God, if we have kids and one of them, we pop out a little Ronald Reagan. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. APK, man. (laughs) Wait, what? Alex P. Keaton. That that was Michael J. Fox's character's name. Of course. Is that why you use your middle initial? No. Okay. Maybe. I was like, did that that (laughs) nuzzle its way into your brain? I have no idea. I watched that show a lot growing up. Anyway, yeah, that guy <laughs> plays the fucking hippie dad in that show, and he is the only cast member who's in every single one of these Tremors movies. Holy All shit. All six of them, including the prequel, part four, he plays a an ancestor of his current character, Hiram, because, uh, yeah, I guess part four takes place in the old, old west and oh, is an origin story of the Graboid. That sounds a lot of fun. I'm kind of interested in this series, to be honest. Like I said, six movies, a TV show from 2003 on sci-fi. Yes. And then uh, another movie coming out later this year that they filmed. Really? Yes, in October. Wow. Which Michael Gross, still a part of. God, that's awesome. I Parts love that guy. four and five, I think, maybe four and five, have Jamie Kennedy. He's no. in two of them. <gasps> okay, well, we have to watch all these now. <laughs> Shit. I hate I hate realizing there's a film series that I'm like, God damn it. With I need so to watch movies, all of these. Dude. There's so many other films I need to watch, but I'm like, no, I need to watch Tremors 4. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he also, this actor is, um, half of his Wikipedia is oh, yeah. about his model train hobby. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, like, among model train people, like, you know, the community of people who are really into that. He's like a god, I feel like. <laughs> like he, he's like a patron of museums and is like a big ambassador for the hobby, I think. And it's super which like honestly the world would be a better place if more people were into shit like that. 
I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like if more people spent their energy and time passion on cool stuff like model trains and model towns, we'd all be a lot happier. I think, <laughs> I think it's cool. I, that's a fun hobby. We also have uh, store owner Walter Chang. Yes, I played I mean, by Victor Wong. I know him from Big Trouble in Little China. Yep, he's like their their friend, kind of like this mystic character. Of course, yeah, yeah. That movie's so bizarre. Um, I, it's so weird. I'm like, do I like it? I think I do. <laughs> it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. The costumes in it, it are like a plus plus, beautiful. Um, but yeah, that's what I recognize him from immediately i i like him in this too again he showed up when i saw the general store was like walter chang's uh like sundries or whatever it says i was like okay i'm a little concerned (laughs) 1990 could be not great uh nothing nothing weird not not a single reference to his race honestly there's not yeah he's just a he's just a character and he's not just like a bland character he has his own like He's a, a well. He could be played by anyone. He could, yeah, for sure. He's like a business-minded guy who like buys the graboid tongue yeah, from them for fifteen and then charges makes them. it a like, photo, yeah, great. into like a little photo op. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of fun, and I do. He even gets to name the graboids. That's right. He's he comes up with the name for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like too that because I think often in old west stuff, there's maybe a tendency to forget that like the old west, you don't have it without especially like Chinese immigrants because mm-hmm. they built the railroads and stuff yeah. and like you got to California and, and you know that's like, like very large Asian population there so I like that there's a bit of that kind of um consideration there without it being a thing they're not like being mean to them or anything because mm-hmm. to me it just is like yeah this is realistic world building for this tiny little town and yeah he's probably the most successful person in town honestly he yeah he probably runs that town yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a hub for everyone to hang out in you know definitely and then there's miguel who's just a dude there he's just a guy yeah i thought that uh you know walter gets killed and i got i was sad when walter chang got killed and then i was like are they just gonna kill off miguel too no that guy makes it most people make it yeah, you I know? was very sad Walter didn't make it. I know. I really like him. Brought down by his own noisy fridge. Oh, no, that's so it devastating. Was... <laughs> this movie does turn into a quiet place a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does a little for, bit. For, you know, a tiny bit. And just as far as, like, screenwriting goes, I like that all the little things brought up earlier on are re-acknowledged later or have payoffs. Like, like what do you mean? Just, like, little lines like, you got to have a plan if you want to, like, get anywhere. And then later on, they're like, okay, here's the plan. Mm-hmm. And we got to have a plan. And, yeah, the fridge acts up early on, and then it happens again later, and that attracts a graboid there. Yeah. Uh, little girl is pogo sticking around. That's and then right. Later, we that's see a problem her, yeah. because it's uh, attracting the graboids. It's funny how establishing stuff like that is what, like, you have her on the pogo stick later, and because you saw her on it earlier, it, it makes sense to you. To, and, not- you're, and you're like, oh, man. And if you, I think if you take out that scene of her earlier and then you just see her pogo sticking, that's when you have, like, an airplane gag. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's like a parody yeah, movie sure. gag where they're like, okay, we all need to be quiet, and then someone's just on a pogo like, stick. Like, on a f- pogo stick playing and a then, drum. Yeah, like, like uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, uh, oh, my God, why can't I? Melvin is bouncing around a basketball you know yeah so you don't see that stuff earlier it's like a stupid gag whereas no we have it established it's good yeah they 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 do a good job with all those little things that they bring back and i like these kids have the loudest hobbies possible (laughs) just (laughs) basketball and pogo stick i had a pogo stick as a kid did you have one i had moon shoes Oh man, moon I was boots. not. <laughs> moon boots are not allowed. Yeah, they're too fucking loud. They'll, dude, they'll fuck and they'll fuck up your ankles. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a pogo stick though. I was really good at it. Oh, good job. Yeah. Those are the characters. I just wanted to do like a rundown. There are some others who get killed pretty early on. But there's this older couple who we the see. Doctors. That's the doctor and his wife. We see them earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Examining the, the body. Doctor and his wife. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yep. I was wondering who. And then they're like, of, of course, since they have money, because they're the doctor, they're building a new house out yes. on the outskirts of town. The this couple gives me the vibes. First of all, they still fuck a lot. Yes, you can tell for sure. 
And also, they're like the the family friends that they go to Cancun all the time and bring you back stuff. Okay, is yeah. the vibe I get from them. Their scene is so good. It's just, very good. Just yeah. that scene alone could be like a little short film, and it's great. And For sure, the one with the car. Yeah, the car getting pulled down, and then later they discover it by just uncovering just the headlights and the grill, which shows like it's so deep down, like a full car length, yeah, vertical underground. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I I totally forgot we even met them earlier in the movie, Mm because even if you just did meet them in that scene with the car, they do such a good job of, and like I said, the fact that I'm like, yeah, this couple definitely fucks still, (laughs) and the fact that you can establish that with two older characters, where often in movies it's played like, oh man, this old bag, this old ball and shit, you know, they they both hate each other, they do such a good job of establishing that this couple still loves each other and yeah they're working on a new house and in that just few minutes span it's really sad when they you know you realize she's not gonna be able to save her husband when he starts getting sucked under the ground by the grab boy and she tries she like puts a uh two by four like in a good way for him to grab onto it but that just snaps in half and he gets pulled under and then she gets in the car and yeah. But it, no keys to get out of there, no keys in the yeah. ignition. Yeah, it's great. It's sad. And but, I love uh, and the Yeah, the whole the, the whole scene she accidentally turns on the radio so you have music going on at the whole like for the whole sequence, mm-hmm. country music. Mm-hmm. And the, like the last shot where it's kind of from behind some mountains and all you can see are the beams of the headlights yeah. and they turn off and that's Yeah, you're right. That that scene could be its own little short and mm-hmm. it would totally work and even just something as small as like they have a smiley face bumper sticker on the bumper yeah. as it's like being yeah. pulled underground like yeah. i love that it's very yeah touches like that remind me of the kind of um like almost comic book type feel or like sci-fi trading card feel like you know like the movie and i i don't love it but mars attacks is based on those trading <laughs> I know, cards I wish I liked and it's mars very attacks like more. sci-fi kitschy that's what this kind of reminds me of too with mm-hmm. touches like the the smiley face bumper sticker and just the kind of too perfect little town yeah that gets fucked up by creatures from somewhere i guess we find out in tremors four <laughs> yeah, where right. they come from. I do like that we don't really find out. I don't need to. No, and the characters like throw out some suggestions like evolutionary, came from space, chemical. I, that scene, I, I wrote down specifically that I like that scene where they kind of run through a quick list of like, okay, well, here's what it could be. and Here's what we know you as an audience are thinking it could be. Space, some weird evolution, uh, radiation. Government experiment. Government, yeah. Take like We kind of run through and... <laughs> Yeah, that's right, the Ruskies. Uh, and I like that each of those is presented because I think as an audience member, you've thought at least one of those as your theory. And you realize running through all of those, none of them are particularly satisfying. And I think the script knows it. And so the, it just never gives you a reason. And that's fine. I think in that scene, it kind of tells you without directly telling you, like, none of these are going to be super satisfying. So this movie is not going to bother yeah. Addressing them. And that, that scene is when uh, Vale and Ed, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, are stuck on the big boulders with Rhonda. Yes. And I love that scene where they're just like waiting. They wait overnight. It's like being on an island with sharks. And I think. Well, I, that's. Yeah. They land They called sharks, them land sharks. But right? then SNL. Uh, SNL would have been long before that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The. Because the, Chevy Chase, I think, is land shark. That's like old old snl yeah i think they would have you know jokingly called them land sharks yeah but i think they didn't call the movie land sharks because because of yeah saturday night live yeah i think the shooting title is beneath perfection yeah which is an okay it's a little bit of a mouthful beneath perfect yeah it also sounds like a really sexy thriller oh okay i was thinking like a soap opera oh no i think beneath perfection sounds like (laughs) like body heat or something you know where i'm just like ooh, it's gonna get sexy (laughs) yeah no tremors is a much better name for this i think although beneath perfection is kind of cool um this scene i hate and i hate nitpicking stuff like this Mm because i think it's so counterproductive but it it does bother me sometimes sometimes stuff like this i I gotta call it out because it bugs me um because movie logic wise i just uh, cause we spend so much time later being very concerned about noise we realize that the monsters because there's four of them i think they say uh yes because the one gets killed 
running into the concrete yeah. uh, trench, whatever that yeah. is, I'm sure, waterway or something. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, there are three, three more, more based on these readings. And I love how she begins to explain. He's like, I'll just take your word for it. It's fine. Yeah. It's like another thing in the script where it's like, you don't need to. You, just, we don't need three to more, know. Okay? It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to over explain this. That is something that older movies, I think, often have a leg up on over more modern movies because older movies don't need to explain everything. That's because older movies didn't have people on older the internet. Older movies didn't have the internet. <laughs> I, yeah. And like now I, I think it's kind of like when we're, you know. It's like, comic book guy. Like, yeah. It's got, yeah. Oh no, I've wasted my life. Uh, <laughs> It's like earlier when I said, no, I just had to mention that she's James Cameron's wife because people are going to say, it's like movies have that issue now where it's like, no, we got to establish why this, 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 because people on the internet are going to be annoying about it. Uh, <laughs> but not you guys, you guys are the best. But I, here, is, here is an internet-y thing I'm going to be annoyed about is we spend so much time worrying about vibrations, sonic vibrations, sound, and we see that when they throw stuff on the ground, the graboids like know where they are. Mm. They um. And so their solution for getting off this rock is pole vaulting between rocks. I think what they could have done, because you're complaining, and it's a fair complaint, that when, that when the pull, stick goes yeah, in the when ground. You, yeah, when you, when you put the stick in the ground. Happens. yeah. Yeah, because that's what they're doing, is they're hitting the ground with the pole vault and then pole vaulting. So yes. theoretically, it should... I think they could have solved that by having it bite the pole vault, or the pole, and then just like, pull it away from him after you go over that could is have that scene where they start with like a decently sized pole vault and then it chomps on it a little bit and Ooh. by the end of it they have these really awkwardly length short pole and it could be good some yeah. tension where it's like are these going to be long enough to get us over i like to- the kind of like uh just adventurous tone that the scene in the movie has like there's a long shot of it, them like pole i don't vaulting know why together. but that wide shot reminded me of the karate kid yeah <laughs> like the you know, wide shot and it's this really nice music this really nice music that almost like I can't remember what the score sounds like exactly, but in my head when I'm looking at that shot, I'm thinking of like on my way, on my way. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're not going through the movie scene by scene. No, we're all over the fucking place. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna bring up the movies PG-13. Originally, it was going to be R, but then it was only given an R because of language. Mm-hmm. So they went through and edited out all a bunch of F words and sometimes overdubbed them. So you get Mother Humpers yeah. over the radio, which is funny. Mother Humpers. Uh, he says, you sucker, sucker near the end. But the F word they leave in is the best one possible. Yes. Because it's after the Graboid crashes into that concrete barrier and kills itself. And Kevin Bacon's just like, fuck you. There's some very good line deliveries in this. Um, one of my favorites is when they're stuck on those rocks in that scene we were just talking about. Fred Ward is like, That means we're stuck. That pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I like earlier when they find uh, one of the population 14 people dead. It's like the sheep herder, old Fred. And uh, they yeah, find his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kevin Bacon's like, What the hell's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? Man, Kevin Bacon. He's really good in this. Yeah. Yeah. And Fred Ward as like the uh, just wiser, older I was going to say, like, not even like a straight man. They're both kind of idiots. <laughs> but I think he, yeah, he's a little more, he's the older brother figure. Yeah. I think. I, I don't even know when it happens, but, oh, I think it's in the same scene right before that means we're stuck and that pisses me off. It's like, son of a bitch, son of a goddamn bitch. <laughs> yeah, there's such, uh, it's so funny that swears will get you an R rating. Because those are the, like, my first R rated movie I ever saw in theaters was Billy Elliot. And that's only rated R because of all the fuck words in it. And that was like, yeah, that's fine. Just don't say it in school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird that that's like. Oh no, we must protect the children. Yeah. From all the fuck words and not <laughs> the I mean, I guess is this movie gory? I don't even remember very uh, much gory. You know, watching it. It's it's just gross. There's no They don't yeah. I I feel like it wasn't shot gore wise to get a PG thirteen. Obviously uh, it wasn't shot to get a PG thirteen in the first place, but I don't feel as though they had to cut any gore out to get that PG thirteen. But yeah. there is some uh, I mean, it's mostly oh, the graboids. sheep are the sheep. They yeah, they find some body parts that that sheep herder. Um, but yeah. other than that, it's mostly graboids, and you get away when it's not human gore. If oh it's yeah, like creature if it's like gore. orange colored mm-hmm. or yeah, you get away with so much more. We see a lot of graboid gore. It is nice how much of the creatures we see 
And everything looks so good still. Yeah, because it's practical effects pretty much throughout entirely, right? I think so. Uh, I read that they had a full-sized graboid that they built, and to get the weathered underground effect, I saw that too. they fucking dug a giant hole, buried it, and then dug it back out so it would look like it was underground. So that's it, amazing. Yeah, that's... Oh, my God. I can't imagine how long. I'm sure the studio was like, why? 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 Why do we need to do... Like, the fucking pencil pushers are just like, no, we're not doing this. Uh, I, it says here that you have three days scheduled for digging a hole and then uh, and, filling it up and then digging it out again. Yeah. Uh, can I ask why? <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe they let them do that or spend the time to do that anyway. But that's amazing. And not even just the graboids, just all of the like the effects of the ground moving. Yeah. And whenever it's moving under stuff, like the buildings look like they're made of jello mm-hmm. and we've got stuff being knocked over. And- it's very theme parky. Yes. It's tram tour on the Universal. It's like, yeah. uh-oh, there's an earthquake coming, and you see things shaking as it gets closer to you. Yeah, it, there, a lot of the effects in this, and this is not a knock on this at all. I yeah. love shit like this. It reminds me of, yeah, when you are on the tram tour, and you go in that earthquake part in the subway mm-hmm. tunnel, and the walls are shaking, and there's some, oh, no, water, and there's a, a semi-truck that falls in from the street above, and yeah. then it, you can look, and it re- all resets itself. That's what all this reminds me of and there's even the part where they're on the little tractor because they're escaping to the mountains the the plan in the end is to go to the mountains where it's all granite and then the uh the monsters can't like crawl through and get them so they're on this little tractor trailer and all i could think of was like "Uh oh what's this up on our left oh no it's a graboid (laughs) oh boy I, i don't know what their plan was once they hit those mountains though i just drive up to where it's they're on mountains that can't be burrowed under and then get out and but like walk. Walk where? They're in I the guess. middle. All I could think of was like, it's going to be the fucking daughter party. You can't just. Get, they don't <laughs> that's, have that's food. They don't have. Yeah. Their whole plan is just walk through the Sierra uh, Nevada mountains. That's. Oh, no. I like how early on it's established how closed in they are. They're like, we have the mountains to this side, the valley to this side, and then the one road out just had a problem and is caved in. That's so right. Yeah, the it. roads ca- and no phones. And no phones. Phone lines are down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it. This movie does a good job of like everyone is, even when characters are acting dumb, it's because they're written to be so Melvin. <laughs> but like, I don't think any of our main characters are... Like everyone's written to the top of their intelligence, I think. Which has which has its limits because yeah, Kevin Bacon keeps asking Rhonda, like, what do we do now? And at some point she's like, Why do you keep asking? She's me? like, I don't know. I we just discovered these. <laughs> For my nitpicky, like you had your nitpicky, my mm-hmm. nitpicky is uh the first person shots of the grab because the first person shots are like above ground coming at the the characters as they like get into a truck and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet we see that they're traveling mostly underground. So that part kind of annoyed me. Oh, I see. Because there are some underground POV shots. There are. Those are awesome. I like those a lot. But you're right. There are a few where it's kind of above. It almost looks like, yeah, it's like a snake or something. Mm -hmm. It's it's like Anaconda cam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like when that's happening, I'm like, wait a minute. That those graboids mm, aren't above ground. Sure, but it's whatever. like yeah, mound of dirt POV. <laughs> but yeah, the ones of it going underground and I like, like those. Oh, it's so it's so good. fun. This would be a fun video game. Play oh. as a little graboid. <laughs> oh, yo, for playing as the graboid. Yeah, for sure. Or you know, it's like Friday the Thirteenth type thing oh, where, where other players are the... people. Dude, it'd be cool if you if you were the graboid and you couldn't see anything uh, like you could see maybe like some sound wave graphics Ooh, from where yeah. people are and you have to like rely on those that'd be interesting that'd be so fun <laughs> i'm sure a game like that exists already <laughs> yeah because we when our fucking ghost ship podcast we talked about how cool a, a abandoned ghost pirate would be for a setting and then people are like yeah there's games that already exists yeah, yeah of so. course <laughs> uh yeah so the grab boys there are th- Three of them after the one kills itself by running into and the thing. I think thing. one of them, it seems like, is the leader. It seems like yeah. they're smart. They learn. They do from, learn. Which I think is is a good choice to make. I, like, that's the thing with, with creature movies. Often I get a little bored towards the end because creatures, to me, you know, they 
they'll lack the intelligence of a human character. And so you don't, once you outsmart a creature, usually it's like, okay, we figured out how to beat it and it has its limitations. But I like the idea of a creature that learns from its mistakes and learns how you are avoiding it and works around that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, it is a good call to characterize one of them as like the big one, the Mm -hmm. big baddie, because it's early on their truck gets stuck and then they drive back to town and find one of its like tongue appendages. It's kind of like alien how it opens the mouth and then another little like mouth comes out. But uh, they find like one of its tongue appendages attached to the truck. And that's what uh, Walter charges money for pictures with. Mm-hmm. But then later they see a graboid that has one of its three tongue attachments is a stub. They call him like stubby. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's our friend. And that's the one that survives until the end. Oh, okay. So it's like the yeah. one that's been hounding them this whole time. Yeah. So yeah, they had three after that initial one gets killed. One of them <laughs> goes into the basement of Reba and her husband and just gets oh lit God. up by just like this five scene. minutes of gunfire. It's hilarious. I do like the kind of the joke setup of, okay, these two characters are prepared for any doomsday scenario except for this one. They didn't <laughs> consider something could come from underground and just burst through the walls of their, their safe. little bunker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it takes an elephant an elephant gun behind a like, breaking case of emergency oh case. Oh, my God. They, I guess they rented that elephant gun from someone. They, yeah, they had to, production. like, from a collector or something. Because what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, that thing is huge. So, yeah, they're able to take out one that way. Yeah. And then another gets killed near the end by their uh, friggin' homemade bombs that they have. They, like, oh go fishing God. with it. Mm-hmm. And that blows it up. But then the last one learns not to fall for that. And then you get the awesome uh, final Graboid death, which was repeated in a SpongeBob episode. Do you remember the giant worm that <gasps> Sandy, like, rides yes, off a cliff? Yes, yeah. I do. That's a Tremors reference. Oh my gosh, I do remember that. I know, I forgot about it, but then I read on the, the I think it's the Wikipedia page has it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that I, one. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she like ties its, its tongue up. it's super long, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember, okay. Oh, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, but I love that, the worm coming out the it's cliff. It's so cool. And then just falling down and blowing up on those rocks, and it's a practical thing that mm-hmm. they just must have filled with blood and guts. Oh, it's so good. And I, I like, too, that they also established, they almost foreshadowed that earlier with the one that runs into the wall yep. of the the kind of trench. You know, they, they established that it can't necessarily tell if there's something in the way of where it's going or if the dirt in front of it's just going to end. Yeah. But yeah, the, going back real quick to that scene in the panic room or whatever, the little <laughs> bunker. Dude, they're shooting the fuck out of this puppet. <laughs> yeah, they're shooting oh my so God, much this, at it, this man. This puppet gets murdered. They, I, <laughs> It must have been kind of fun to shoot that scene. You're just firing prop guns at this puppet yeah just like grabbing another one off the wall and just reloading and shooting God, their bunker looks like day of the dead it's so weird it's the weird blue painted bricks and oh yeah oh, there's something about it that's so gross Dude, to me. all their wall mounted weapons it seems like an armory in a video game you go down there and like hold the key to swap out with yeah. another weapon their license plate is uzi for uzi you for you <laughs> So the uh, film was directed by Ron Underwood. So yes. I'm looking at his filmography. He did City, City Slickers, Slickers yeah. which had Oscar wins. Yes. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that a comedy? City Slickers, yeah, because what's Billy Crystal? Yeah, Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that won acting nominations mm-hmm. for them for a comedy. Good work. I know. Um. Mighty Joe Young, isn't that very poorly regarded or no? Am I thinking of something else? I have no idea. I feel like maybe middle of the road. It's just very sad. Ooh, Adventures of Pluto Nash. He That's did. not well That's regarded. That's not well regarded. But and I that think seemed to make Mighty Joe Young career. also very animatronic heavy movie because the big gorilla. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, oh, yeah, he was a first AD on Tourist Trap. That's right. I saw that. Yeah, he worked nice. on Tourist Trap. I just want to say his directing is, um, it, it's interesting. It's not a, this isn't just a place the camera down and shoot the shot. Like he has a lot of fun little moving shots. Uh, I'm thinking specifically in the scene that we discussed earlier with the doctor and his wife, uh, 
following her into the car is a really good shot and all that stuff is done really well. Like you said, the, the headlights disappearing uh, when they're shooting that worm in their bunker. There's some cool shots of it like going from like the, the cartridges that they're reloading back up to the guns. And then one of my favorite shots is just like a really funny like directorial joke is when they're making a plan to get out there on the tractor and it's a shot of the tractor and they're like, oh, it's right over there. No problem. And then it's like a zoom mm-hmm. out to show how far, how far it is. It and is. it zooms out to like an over the shoulder shot of the two of them. Yeah. And like, that's so funny to me. It, and so yeah. I really like his direction. It also, I I love that I have a really good sense of space in yes. this movie too. Because that's one of my big pet peeves is, especially an action heavy movie like this is, where I'm like, I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because we're cutting back and forth between the store a lot and the little trailer where um, the little girl and pottery mom live and then the farther away house where our two doomsday preppers like we're cutting back and forth between a bunch of locations and they can all kind of see each other and stuff and they're communicating over radio and I like that I know exactly how this town is laid out yeah so I'm never confused when we're cutting back and forth and I understand the why going from point A to point B is difficult like I immediately get why you know when a solution is proposed it's gonna be harder than maybe it sounds because i get i know in my head okay this is how far apart in space these things are yeah um yeah and And a lot of cool like the little water tower is a neat feature that's like used in a clever way Mm -hmm. and yeah i i love it it's very yeah a fun action adventure which again i'm not usually a huge fan of but yeah, and uh, you know, I often get bored by the third act. Yes, in general, yeah. but this one keeps it up well. I, you know, maybe when they're they're traveling on the tractor and the the bed, it starts to feel a little. Because well, like, that thing is moving like three miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, <It's> like not. <laughs> maybe it starts to feel like a little okay. Uh, it's a, kind of inevitable what they're doing, but then. That even gets foiled by the yeah when the tractor the falls into the digs. yeah it digs them it digs a trap yeah which is so ooh, smart, they're smart. smart yeah so yeah they I, I I love all the here's a problem how do we solve it that didn't work how do we solve it like there's just a lot of that going on in this movie and I really like it yeah like the guns work on the the worm that busts into the basement but they won't work when they're underground because you can't shoot through the ground you can't shoot through dirt yeah. which. I, I didn't know, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, because if you hit dirt real fast, it's just a solid. It's like water. Yeah. Like, you can't really fire into water. Either. Probably easier than dirt. Probably. But at a certain speed, it's just like hitting a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm, Science. <laughs> <laughs> also, just we're going to make this episode very dated right now with this reference, but the name Nestor was so funny to me in this political moment fucking uh, my adopted adopted son nester my adopted adult son <laughs> i just i just didn't think that many people were named nester and yet in the last week matt gates has a son named nester and there's a nester in this movie and it made me laugh yeah whenever times. i hear nester i think of nester carbonell oh yeah Who, whatever happened to that guy i don't know i like his look mm-hmm. his dark eyes yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's got like natural guy liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should be a pirate. Oh my god. Yeah, for sure. Let's make a Sea of Thieves movie because that's what we're currently obsessed oh, with. Oh, yeah. Starring Nestor Carbonell. Dude, I bet he's played a pirate in something. <laughs> Let's find out real quick. <laughs> Nestor Carbonell. Oh man, he's so handsome. I, know. I just think of him. He's in the Dark Knight. Oh really? Oh yeah, he is. He's like a government guy, right? Yeah, is I he the re- mayor? I think he might be the mayor. I mean, for me, he's Richard. So he's in Bates Motel. He's a sheriff in that. Has he ever played a pirate? Hmm. I mean, he was on a ship in Lost. That's you find true. out that he came over as a I'm like, slave, was he on that Black Sails show or whatever that's called on oh, Stars? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, he's a voice in Jake and the Neverland Pirates. There you go. Got well, it. Kind of. We're close there, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the, the Nestor Carbonell detour on this episode. Uh, yeah, no, I guess to wrap it up, yeah, it's I like this movie. It's not my super favorite, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not every movie has to be my favorite. Sure. 
Yeah, I like it. Um, I like it a lot more than I ever expected to, just because a lot of the genres that it touches on aren't usually my favorite, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, even creature features. I'm glad that we're kind of immersing ourselves in these because they're not uh, movies I generally seek out on my own. No, saying they're this is like a a corner of horror that I'm extremely unfamiliar with because yeah. they often I'm bored by them. Mm-hmm. I they're not my favorite. I'm much more drawn to humanoid villains or you know straight up human villains uh like this is not my but like you know i'm 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 glad i'm finding a new appreciation for them and finding you know giving movies a chance that i maybe wouldn't have watched otherwise so i don't know what we're gonna do next week but we'll see i'm trying not to pick ones that are like all from one decade you know Mm -hmm. but i'm i am looking at people's requests so just yeah, so you know, sending them in because it's often movies that I am not aware of. I think uh, I uh, arachnophobia. Arachnophobia is, is a big request. I don't know if we'll do that next week because that's like literally right around the same time. Okay. Actually, no, it might be later, but still, I, I don't know. I want to have some some variety. Sure. But uh, isn't there a movie with rats played by dachshunds? A bunch of dachshunds running around in like a sewer or some shit. Let's look into that. What the fuck? I don't know, man. The rat population of the world is estimated to be 108 billion. 24 times the human population. All right, yeah, we'll look into <laughs> we'll that. We'll look into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Check out Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Carebex, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, deadmeatstore.com. Also, hit up deadmeatpod at gmail.com if you have any requests. Yeah, send me your creature feature requests. Because I do try and look for ones that are, like, by far the most requested. Like, this Tremors was, lots of people wanted Tremors, so. Yeah, and you know, Tremors is one that I would like to cover on the Kill Count one day. It'd be Uh, a good one, too. It'd be a good one. Like, a good amount of people die. Mm -hmm. It's fun, and I mean, there's a lot of movies, is the thing. Because right now I'm doing wrong. Oh, you mean, like, just doing all of them? The Tremors I never movies. just do one. I know, I yeah. mean, I did just The Birds and not The Birds 2, but like, I'm going through fucking wrong turn right now. That's six movies. How's and, that? Uh, <laughs> uh, first one, we watched. It's fine. Yeah. Second one, I love. Okay. I mean, Henry Rollins is in it, which is great. Oh, shit. But uh, okay. after that, Jesus fucking Christ. Diminishing Returns. Oh, no. Diminishing Returns. There's The fifth one is shit. And it's what? Like the two, it's like late 2000s kind of? Yeah. Oof, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it sucks. Well. But I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you. <laughs> uh, until next time, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>